Welcome back to another episode of the Heart Speaks to Heart podcast, a product of Three Hearts Homestead. Today's episode is part one of our conversation on internet ethics, both in the homestead business and in the family. Make sure you don't miss part two by subscribing to us on YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your podcasts. You can also find us at threeheartshomestead.com for more episodes, blog posts, recipes, articles, and much more. Welcome back to part one of episode two. This is our second time sitting in the recording booth together. And we have a new microphone. And we have a new microphone and a new microphone recording software, so hopefully... This sounds a lot better on the post-production side because editing the last two episodes have been miserable. (laughs) You did a good job, though. (laughs) Yeah. I appreciate the work you put into it. This should go a lot smoother, though, having this on separate channels. Ah, technology. Technology. Mm -hmm. Sometimes the bane of my existence. Which brings us to today's topic. (laughs) Online ethics. (laughs) That was a bad segue, but I'll take it. Sometimes you gotta reach for it. I won't argue. (laughs) At least not this time. Hmm. So. You asked the questions last time. And I'm gonna ask the questions this time. Okay, but we can't do this for much longer. I've gotta start asking you questions at some point. This is not the interview Nick Waffles show. That's true, but I write, and I figure you talk, and it just works out well in my favor. Well, you write really well, and I talk really long, so hopefully... Exactly. Hopefully it'll make up a little bit. It's a happy balance between the two. (laughs) So, bridging into the idea and the topic of online ethics... What do you think it means to practice ethics in an online setting, whether that be for an online business, kind of like we're trying to run, or just for personal use, just online ethics in general? What does that kind of look like in your mind? Yeah, so a lot has been done to kind of flesh this out, I feel like, in the last decade or so. And really, it's because... The internet's kind of been the Wild West for a long time. Um, It's not all that old, all things considered. Um, And technological advancements and developments have been happening so quickly that people have been finding out how to use the system to fit whatever they have been wanting it for, to need it for. Regulations and just codes of ethics uh, have been very slow to keep up. So, an unfortunate byproduct of that is you can find a lot of stuff on the internet that would be illegal to find in public, or illegal to trade privately, um, you can find online. Um, The whole dark web situation, right? So, it's really been a very libertarian, very wild west kind of world, and more so towards the beginning and less so now as we see a much larger push towards keeping everything advertiser friendly 
right? You'll see that on YouTube. You'll see that on Facebook. You'll see that different places. There are these new rules that didn't really exist too much previously about what kind of content is appropriate, what kind of content can be monetized, what kind of content creators can be paid to make. Um, that basically has some kind of social conditioning aspect to it to lay down a rule of what is acceptable, what is not acceptable. And it's pretty much specifically so that these platforms can continue to play the game economically with corporations that would like to use these social platforms as advertising, which is an interesting place to start with a code of ethics. I think it's the only place that our secular society could start unfortunately, because we don't agree on anything else, really. But um, motivation by money has put us in a situation where the whatever it would be considered appropriate or friendly for corporations to advertise on is becoming the law of the land of what is what is acceptable to post online. Um, You're seeing it on Facebook you're seeing it creep into all different kinds of places, oftentimes for better, but also for worse, because with any kind of regulation in this department comes conversations about free freedom of speech, stuff like that. So that's kind of how the secular world has been addressing online ethics, has been through holding money over people's heads, trying to keep things brand-friendly, corporation-friendly, consumer-friendly. It's, it's been a marketing scheme ultimately, which is unfortunate, in my personal opinion. There's there's no real sense of right or wrong or good behavior, bad behavior, so much as it is just what can make us money or what cannot make us money. Um, and then, of course, you've also seen certain ethics as various states and countries have kind of updated their legal system to deal with cyber crimes, to deal with what it means to have internet providers working within a geographical region. Are they beholden to these laws that would apply to the rest of us out in the real world or not? Stuff like that. Um, And that's the other side of the conversation is that you have legal systems that are catching up to what the internet actually is and are actually able to impose some kind of law on the internet where it applies to them, where it's within their jurisdiction. Um, And then you also have the very high corporate level side of this, right? So you've got government one, you've got government two, government one being real government, government two being (laughs) the corporations. So looking at it from maybe a more objective perspective as opposed to the subjective ethics that are placed on it from the corporations and the different um, platforms in the online sphere. What does ethics mean or is defined as objectively speaking? Like, obviously, you can look at a subjective way of viewing ethics, and that's how people interpret it when it comes to marketing and these different things, and they'll place some rules that are legally based and law based as opposed to just arbitrary and what they want for their marketing and advertising and promoting their brand and these types of things. But if you want to step outside of a subjective realm into the objective sphere of what reality looks like, practically speaking, what would you say online ethics 
could or should maybe be um, outside of that subjective view. Yeah, so just to start off right, um, if we're going to talk about online ethics, we have to talk about ethics generally. So we'll just start with the definition of ethics. Um, I had one here. So if you if you just Google like a definition of ethic or ethics, uh, you get a couple definitions pertaining around this idea of what are considered principles of right conduct. Um, so it is either a theory or system about moral values, a study as a field of the general nature of morals and of the specific moral choices made by persons. Um, and this is Google synthesizing from uh, the American Heritage Dictionary of the English Language. I don't know if that dictionary carries any real weight, but uh, it's got a lot of overlap with morality. And I'm, I'm going to leave the definition there because there is a conversation to be had about the distinction between ethics and morals. Um, some people would say morality has more to do with personal values and ethics has more to do with community values. Um, there are distinctions that different people try and make, but I think that gets a little bit too much in the weeds for what we're trying to do. But if we define ethics as the, a, a right system of conduct, well, what is the right way to conduct yourself when engaging with things online? Um, obviously, that brings in morality it brings in right and wrong and so we'll be looking at that from our perspective as christians right we'll be looking at that from the morality that we bring into the rest of the world um hopefully ideally right so really it becomes a question for us as christians as catholics um of how do we live what we have received in an online space, what we have received, meaning the gospel. How do we live the way we've been told to live in online spaces, knowing that these spaces are not detached from us, right? You, there's this phenomenon um, of people online acting in ways in comment sections and in things that they'll say and things that they'll post on various forums totally contrary to how they would act in real life because they know they can do it anonymously. Right. Yeah. Um, it, it's been called trolling. Uh, that's a big thing on YouTube, but you also just have this general idea of people talking big or talking all kinds of different ways that they maybe can't do in reality when their face is there. Um, and this idea of this duplicitous, like two ways of behaving, two ways of acting. I, I don't think that's consistent with any kind of ethics that, actually grapples with the idea that when we do stuff online, when we're engaging with people online, when we're putting content out or resources out or receiving those resources um, into our devices and into our homes, it impacts the real world. It's not like by day I am Nick Waffleholz who works at Burger King or wherever but by night, I'm this Batman-esque vigilante persona on the internet doing... It, it, it's you. It's all you. It's all integrated into the same person. So the way we behave to one another in the real world around us should follow us into the internet. 
largely it doesn't. Um, and there's lots of theories about that. Some of it has to go back to just the way the internet developed and the way anonymous people talking to each other don't really want to give out too much of their own personal information. So privacy allowed for these masks to develop that turned into personas. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that that's part of it. It's almost inherent to the system in that regard. But there are steps that can be taken, I feel like, personally, to kind of just make sure that no matter how you're engaging with another person, you're conducting yourself with the same standards, specifically the same Christian values and the Christian charity that we would extend to anyone else. Right. No, that makes sense. I think it's interesting looking at, like you're saying, the two different sides of people when it comes to an online presence. Because especially, you know, the last couple of years, you see a lot of really nasty things that get said, even by people that aren't doing it anonymously. Like you see people that are, you know, they're acting as themselves, but they don't generally say the same things that they would in person. Like, it's like they have developed a different identity. Like, they've somehow accepted this idea that the virtual world on the internet is separate from the physical world and reality. And I think that kind of plays a lot into, like, kind of tying back to business, the side of things there with marketing and advertising and all of these things that companies tend to do. I think I see a lot of interesting discrepancies or two-facedness come out in the business side of things specifically like kind of you know there's obviously the nasty side with just personal accounts and different things like that and that's its own section but specifically talking about business there's a lot of advertising that i see on platforms or such things that claim to promote one very specific aspect of living and lifestyle and all of these kinds of things. Like I think a lot of it about in the homesteading sphere, you see a lot of people that talk about, you know, clean living, whether that's, you know, less chemicals in cleaners or less chemical products in cosmetics and things of that nature. And then also on their site, you have, advertisements for companies that they wouldn't be promoting on their site itself. Like, in order to get money from these people, to get the advertising money, to make money doing what they're doing, it feels like a lot of people have kind of that two-faced nature as well, where it's like, okay, I really believe this one thing, But because I need to support my family and I want to do it this very specific way, I'm going to compromise here and have this specific advertisement on my site because it's going to help me make money and, you know, it goes on and on and on. And just to be clear here, this is not a hit piece. We're not calling out any specific people. No. Use that as an example. That's kind of a made up thing. But I've also noticed that a little bit. 
And, and you see that really with pretty much anyone who's operating online in the business sense. But, you know, we've kind of been sticking to this home study side of things a little bit more so than anything else. But I see it all over the place um, with different podcasts that I listen to. Um, it, it's this idea that when when it's the content rolling, when it's the camera rolling, when we're the ones speaking and it's not an ad and it's the actual content, then we'll talk one way, promote a specific way of life, say specific things about faith and ethics and morals and whatnot. But then the second the ad reel is playing, the second I'm recording an ad or letting trying to decide who's going to sponsor me and put certain ads up on my website, it's, there's this tone shift of like, eh, nothing personal, kid, it's just business. Let me tell you about a new opportunity we are offering for our fans and supporters. You may know the podcast and the blog, but did you know that Three Hearts Homestead is on Locals? If you have ever wanted to engage with us online, chat with other fans of the Homestead, or support us financially, this is a great way to do it. Sign up for free at threeheartshomestead.locals.com to see posts, updates, and content you won't be able to find anywhere else. A paid membership at any amount gets you access to additional perks, including the ability to write posts, see other people's comments, and access to live chat events and exclusive video content like our monthly Q&A, where we take questions directly from our supporters. Sign up between now and the new year and get one month of free access to our exclusive content by using code word COMMUNITY for a free trial. That's threeheartshomestead.locals.com, code word COMMUNITY in all caps. Now, back to the show. So it comes down to, in my mind, like, where does one draw the line, right? Like, you really want to educate or teach or promote a specific aspect of life or a specific lifestyle, but you also want to support yourself. So, how do you draw that line, ethically speaking, in the online sphere when maybe your best option for monetizing your business does necessitate or, I don't know, maybe necessitate isn't the right word, but, like, it's easier to do that if you allow these ads that maybe go against your specific belief or your brand or, you know, whatever in your personal life. Like, is there an ethical discrepancy there? Or would that be allowed because at the end of the day, you're trying to support your family and you're trying to do these things? Like, if you have a good intention behind it, does that make it okay given how kind of foggy ethics get in the online sphere? Mm, You you can have an issue there for sure. I wouldn't say it's necessarily – I'm not going to say you're always going to have an ethical issue. But depending on how you approach a subject like that, you can get yourself into some trouble in some pretty bad places. Um, First off, it's honestly not even good business to compromise on your ethics in that way because your viewer base will notice. The the people who consume your content will notice. Um, Maybe they won't notice right at first. Maybe they'll try buying a subscription to the thing that you promoted as a sponsorship one day and realize after having it that like it's not nearly as good as what you were saying in your advertisement or something like that or that it goes against your values um that you're promoting it anyway for the money or something people people catch on to that 
And people don't like to continue supporting or trusting people who can flip-flop like that. It, it's, it attacks your integrity to do something like that. So it's just not good business sense to begin with in the long run, to, at least not with things that are very glaring contradictions, right? So say I was um, running a podcast on natural soaps. Um, I keep seeing advertisements for natural soaps. That's an aside tangent for a different day, but like <laughs> it's hitting the men's body care market. Have you noticed that with like Dr. Squatch or like <laughs> all of these other products like natural yes. soaps has hit the men's body care market. It probably hit the women's market like 10 years ago, but we get like the Sasquatch brand things where you get like the dainty rose petal flower things. And I don't know whose decision <laughs> that was, but they made the right call with the branding. I know that much. Yeah. I see similar things. They're just not Sasquatch. They're yeah. like the woodsman or something more uh, yeah. like that. But like, let's say that was my thing, right? Like, let's say I was doing a whole business model where everything I was doing was based around organic body care for men, none of these synthetic detergents that we use now for soaps or whatever. And then all of a sudden you see me advertising for some big brand name body wash detergent thing that you can find in most retail stores. Um, that would be a glaring contradiction, um, so people wouldn't let that slide. I feel like you'd lose viewers over that if you actually genuinely endorsed that. Um, if you recorded yourself saying, I like this product, you should buy this. Well, product. I think the part that gets tricky is when you're doing a general ad source like Google ads or something of that nature that mm-hmm. just kind of has these pre-picked select ads that they run kind of in a loop on your site. Mm -hmm. Like that's what a lot of people use just in general. Like a lot of sites have Google ads or something similar to that. I think you could break advertising down into three categories, really, Uh, especially in the podcast world, which is kind of the area that we kind of inhabit here. Right. Um, You've got general pod or general ads like what you were just describing on like websites and things where say you allow this much space on the side of your website to be used by some third-party company to cycle ads and when you do that it's essentially essentially it's pretty similar to like say you had land on the side of a highway and you let some billboard company put a billboard up but you didn't directly manage like like, I don't know, what's the name of that company? The one that owns, like, all the random billboards in this area that you see, like, it's all called the same. I don't know. Here. Obviously, they don't own, like, that much pasture land. Like, people have allowed these billboard companies to build their stuff on their land. Mm-hmm. And then presumably any contracts they get, presumably, have never done this, don't go through the landowner. They go through the billboard company. I would assume so. So, yeah. I, I think that's a pretty close analog, right? Um, the advertising space is there. You're getting money from offering the space. You're not endorsing anything that comes up necessarily. Um, Then you've got the other kind of advertisements, which are, um, I want to say more like, I said three categories and I'm forgetting my third category in my head right now. But anyway, the second category, I suppose, is like the polar extreme opposite of that. It's the one where... You sit... Okay, no, I just remembered it. Okay. So, the second category 
is the polar extreme opposite of that. It's where you're sitting in front of a camera or a mic saying how much you love this one specific thing. And have you ever heard about da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da? I just love da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da. Everyone should go eat Burger King Jr. Cheeseburger Jack in the Box. <laughs> Apple Wendy's. I don't know. Um, and And that has a very high level of endorsement because you've to fit this script of a thing into your own voice. You've adapted what you say for your audience. You're actually saying, I use this. I enjoy this. I tried this and it went well. That has a lot more weight to it than the ad thing. Mm-hmm. I guess your third option is kind of the middle ground where I've seen it done, where they ask content creators to record an ad, but it's like, a prepackaged script that they slid across the table to them. So it's not got any kind of personalization. It probably doesn't have much of an endorsement to it. It's just, did you know about this? You can do this, do this now. It's not like a, and I did it and I enjoy it. And that's why you should do it. So Mm -hmm. there's like a distinction there, right? Right. But I feel like, I feel like there's a lot more culpability with the ones where you're actually giving your own endorsements but that doesn't mean the first class, the billboard class, gets off the hook, right? I was going to say, because, like, at the end of the day, you're still renting that space, essentially, mm-hmm. or making money off of that space. So, in a way, you're still endorsing it, even if it's not an active endorsement. And in my mind, that gets kind of... It, it kind of sketchy. It gets shady. It gets shady quick, right? And it's it's not something that most people even usually had to think about. Who, going back, who knows how long ago. Um, granted, the internet's young, so this is maybe a weird way of putting it. But American culture is really splintered right now. Where you have different interest groups that promote this one general anti-culture of what so- secular society views as acceptable in the public sphere. And that contains a lot of stuff that social outcast groups that are being swept under the rug right now that used to be dominant, especially Christendom, um, would not consider acceptable, right? So, So if I allow Google ads to place ads on my website, I'm signing off on whatever Google thinks is appropriate. And I might not look to see what each and every one of those things is individually, but I am expressing trust in Google to handle ads in a way that I would agree with. And if they don't, yeah, that's on Google, but that's also on me for trusting Google. And you see this a lot more with our parents' generation, but there is a deep societal trust that communally we had similar ethics, even if we had different religions, even if we had different politics. And I feel like there's kind of been a veil that got torn over the last, well, at least as long as you and I have been alive. So for me, you know, within the last 20 or so years, um, 
I appreciate you not saying that I'm closer to 30 than you. That, that was very generous. Today is Maddie's <laughs> birthday. If you are uh, listening to this, um, today, the day, the day we record this is Maddie's birthday. If you are currently listening to this and there is a comments box where you find this, either on the blog or on YouTube or somewhere else, please comment, happy birthday, Maddie, so that we know you're listening. Or maybe don't. <laughs> I'd rather you don't. No one should know it's my birthday. <laughs> the best birthday present you could give Maddie is to subscribe and like this episode. <laughs> um, she's still mad at me for not telling the people to subscribe and like this episode on the last two. So this is me making up for that. If you, if you, if you want to wish Maddie a happy birthday, please. <laughs> um, no, but yeah, like back to what I was trying to get at there for a minute. I think there was this general understanding with our parents' generation that what was considered safe for public consumption was kind of more or less agreed upon by most people and that you didn't have to have these very specific cultural and religious backgrounds in order to agree on these sorts of things. We all had this idea of what was acceptable and what was unacceptable, even if we disagreed on a million other things. And that held people together. But nowadays, like, just seeing the secular values that corporations are trying to push for that are contrary to the Christian faith and to the Christian identity and honestly to the identity of most all, like, major world religions, I feel like, at this point, it's, it's a rough situation because... To go along with what is considered normative is no longer acceptable. So we can't really, as easily at least, trust these places like Google Ads or whoever else there might be out there running these ad reels. You almost, there's there's almost a, I don't want to say a temptation because I'm not even convinced it's a bad thing, but this idea that you, you almost want to go running to look for a third-party ad company or a third-party anything to speak on your behalf or to put stuff up on your website that belongs to the very same specific set of culture and even subculture that you belong to because it's just so hard to trust anyone outside of that now. Um, Because you might be trying to run a Christian blog and all of a sudden um, immodesty degeneracy of various forms that it's considered normal by secular standards is on your website because Google thought that it was ethical to put that stuff up in an ad. And if you disagree with that, then you can't be doing business with Google ads in this business. I'm not saying Google ads is actually doing that. I've not actually looked at Google ads, so I don't know what they're doing. Maybe they allow for more control over this stuff. This is not me talking as someone who's appraised these ad services in any um, degree, but the, the idea the idea stands that if if an ad company is promoting secular values and secular ethics in ways that are personally unethical, yeah, you need to catch that. You need you need to do something about that. That you can't let that slide. And that's why I think it's more dangerous than the kind of ethics where you sit and record and endorse something personally is because mm-hmm. there was a time where people felt they could trust that. The, the first type. The, there was a time where, oh, yeah, we can put a billboard up on my property. Like, no problem. Like, who's going to 
buy something and put something terrible up on the side of the road. No, if they try to, there's laws about what's like okay to put up in public and all this stuff. Like it was just a good way to make money for a while. And nowadays it's, it's a lot harder to justify like, well, am I really willing to cede that kind of control over what things are on my property? Stuff like that. It's, it's turned into a much bigger question. And if you're not careful about that, if you're not aware that the times are changing in that regard, you won't catch it. And I think that's a problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I agree. In that respect, it's hard to toe the line and figure out where the line needs to be drawn. Mm-hmm. Sometimes working at it from a business perspective. Um, well, and and that's just even looking at things in terms of is the product aligned with the message? There's a whole other conversation to be had about a more subtle kind of advertising ethic of maybe the product does align with the message. Maybe they do, like say I'm advertising for, I don't know, a company that makes knives. Maybe there's a Christian company that makes knives and, you know, I have a Christian company. I do enjoy a good knife. I'll advertise for them. So product alignment makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. Shared values, it's not... Knives are useful in a homestead. Yeah, knives are useful in a homestead. But say I'm sitting here saying, I just love these knives. I've got 12 of these knives. They're the best knives I've ever had. I've never had to sharpen them. Their customer support has been amazing. And in reality, maybe they're just not the greatest knives in the world. Maybe they're kind of on the dull side. Maybe the materials they're made from aren't as nice as they're making it out to sound like. Maybe they're really hard to get a hold of or never in stock or X, Y, Z. Just not even a product alignment issue, but just a product quality issue. Product quality issue or just a business way it's being run kind of an issue. If you're giving an endorsement and saying these things are great and saying these are the things that you like about them and they're not doing those things, well, then, yeah, that's unethical. I think a lot of it goes back to doing your research, which is something that is hard Mm -hmm. because, like you were saying, we like to believe or we hope we can believe and trust in the companies that if they look like or say they align with our values that they actually do and they have quality products or whatever it may be, but you don't have that guarantee, which I think goes back to the whole ethical side of things. It's like, there's just this kind of ambiguity of like, well, if it makes a good buck, mm-hmm. why not do it? You know, like maybe it's not the greatest quality or maybe I shouldn't say this thing or, you know, whatever it might be, but it makes money and it's selling and, it's great, so we're going to do it anyways, kind of a deal. Um, I think kind of just with business in general, kind of going back on a little bit of a different note aside from marketing, like when you have an online presence as a business owner of be it a blog or a podcast or both or whatever it could be, like how do you allow that to be a part of your life without taking over your life. Like, you know, all marketing and those kinds of things aside with all of those, you know, challenges and struggles that might come with it. 
Like, how do you allow yourself to live in reality and actually be in your life without letting that online business, that online persona for the business kind of take over in an unhealthy way? Yeah, so... So, beyond the internet ethics of that question, there's obviously just the work-life balance, right? And I think this is really hard for homesteaders specifically, right? It's it's hard enough for people who are self-employed and have their own businesses to not just live in their work, right? That's already difficult enough because you've not got um, the boss man at the office saying we start at this time in the morning, we end at this time at night and go home to your family and we're not going to bother you outside of these hours. I don't want you thinking about work outside of these hours unless we ask you to come in for overtime and then we'll compensate you for overtime at this specific rate. When you're self-employed, it's kind of like, well, you just work until you get it done. Um, and it takes a lot of discipline to say, I'm only going to work during these hours. And then homesteaders specifically, when you've got animals to take care of, crops that need tending to, all manner of organic farm life that you can't just say, ah, time to clock out, um, I'll see you in the morning. Um, the, the impositions that require you to work outside of normal hours come more frequently and are more justified. Mm-hmm. So then you've got kind of the triple threat of that being your base and trying to add in an internet presence, add in, be it a blog or a podcast or social media. And then if it is social media, how many social medias are you commenting on other people's stuff? In addition to posting your own stuff, how often are you posting? You could easily turn, you you could easily make, depending on how strict you were with yourself about, that and how much you were trying to hit every possible base, you, you could create so much extra work for yourself that never ends just by trying to constantly be available to engage as a business person with people online who might be potential customers for your business. And that's super unhealthy. And people who have that same kind of a job description of doing marketing related stuff don't have that issue in corporate America where they only work from seven to four because they're not checking the company Instagram at five o'clock because they're at home with their families at five o'clock. But for us, I feel like it's so much more tempting, right? To want to check the company email at nine o'clock or to want to, Oh, you know, it's it's this time on a weekend and I'm not working, but I really just want to see how our podcast is doing. So I'm going to pull up the analytics to look and see if any numbers have changed. Like, And that keeps little bit by little bit slowly penetrating your personal life, trying to penetrate time that you shouldn't be working. And it's... And for people who are already like living this lifestyle of your personal time and your work time kind of revolve around just whatever's needed in the environment around you, it it, it can be a triple threat to not have that well analyzed. So I think it really boils down to realizing that social media, when it's for business, is work. It's not being used as leisure time the same way that if you used your personal social media, it would be. 
um, and having strong rules with yourself about when you do work, how you do work, when you take breaks from work, having, having the discipline to impose that on yourself. I'm not going to work outside of these hours if I can avoid it. I'm not going to be doing this work from this time to this time because this time to this time is when I spend time with my family because we're all home during this time. Stuff like that. You've got to be strict about that. For more content from Maddie and myself, be sure to visit our website at threeheartshomestead.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Pinterest, YouTube, and more by looking for Three Hearts Homestead. Lastly, be sure to check out our Locals community at threeheartshomestead.locals.com for more exclusive content. And be sure to tune in for future conversations like this one between Maddie and I as heart speaks to heart. God bless and have a good day.